Well, I don't know where to begin here this morning, hardly. I feel like my, my heart is full. I've enjoyed the, uh, I've enjoyed so much the worship this morning and the, uh, the spirit of what I, what I sense here, what I feel. Um, I believe God is in this place. I'm glad for that. Um, there's a couple things I wanted to uh, speak to before I get started with the message. This, this little old church, we, we owned this place for about 13 years, I think it was, before we sold it to to Aaron and you, you all. And uh, when we sold it, that was kind of a death of a vision for me. You know, we had in mind doing something like this, like you did in here. It's beautiful. We had in mind something like that for us, for uh, Shalom, but not everyone things alike, and not everyone felt like I did, and it ended up falling by the wayside. And that's okay, you know, the Lord leads in however he wants to lead, and we take it as his, his will for us at this time, and that's okay. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a little bit, uh, I'm thankful that it still is a church. You have converted into a beautiful place of worship, and it's still a place where God is honored. I'm thankful for that. Uh, so, and, and I'm so glad to be here as well this morning because, of course, Joe and Leah are here. Alvin and Faith and their family is here, and, and some others we know too. Adam and uh, Erica, we've known your family for years, many years. And Kyle and Emily. And Kyle and Emily, some other friends that we uh, are familiar with too that, that are here. Um, so there's a, just kind of a, a few thoughts ahead of my message. I feel a little bit... I don't know what kind of a time constraints I'm under here this morning, but I, I hate to go over time. I don't like to preach over time. I think in my, I was ordained to be a minister and I think it was 09, 10, 11 years now. And um, I have gone over time one time, is that correct? <laughs> but uh, yeah I hate to preach over time I think people tend to get a little bit antsy and, but really you know let's, uh, let's let's be more in, I, I really believe Alvin stressed in his Sunday school that God, God needs to be in the center if God isn't in the center you know things are things are going to fall apart. 
things are going to deteriorate pretty rapidly. So if God is in the center, you know, all our aspirations probably don't mean so much. Isn't that important? Um, but I want to bring a few thoughts out of the uh, title of my message this morning is in the form of a question. Where is your treasures? Where are your treasures? I want to read a couple uh, passages out of uh, the Gospels. Uh, we're going to start here in Matthew 6. Matthew 6, uh, 19 through 23. Lost my page here. Yeah, Matthew 6, 19. Jesus teaching here, Sermon on the Mount, he says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust is corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust is corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. And then also in Luke uh, 12, 32-34, he says this, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that you have, give alms, provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in heaven that faileth not, where no thief approaches nor moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Similar teaching there. Uh, in two of the Gospels. But uh, what I want to look at here primarily this morning is what I want to, you know, this seems like a fairly simple, straightforward command of Christ. And it is, but I, I want to pick it apart a little bit this morning and, and ask, what does that really mean in a practical sense? I want to look a little deeper into it than what we often think about as we read it. Luke's account here, I think it shows us a little bit of the heart of God. He, um, I think... God really wants to bless us more than he wants, more than we want to be blessed. 
I believe God wants to bless the socks off of his children, so to speak. And, and, and that's beautiful. He says, fear not, little flock. I love that endearing language that he uses. Um, I think he wants us to trust him and obey him, um, to trust him enough to obey what he says, what he tells us. He says, sell what you have. You know, if that's a hindrance to spiritual life, sell what you have, give to the poor, and, and you're going to have treasure in heaven. He wants us to, to trust him enough to give of ourselves, to give of our resources um, to others. I love that word picture there where it says, provide yourself uh, bags that, that have... <coughs> that don't grow old. One of the other versions say money bags that don't have holes. You know, that's beautiful. So often our money bags do have holes. But I think he's saying in a spiritual sense, if we, if we really have God at the center, if, if we do everything out of love for him, that is providing ourselves bags that don't have holes or that don't grow old. Uh, spiritual, spiritual treasure. That's what he's talking about. Jesus told the story of uh, the rich young ruler. Rich young ruler came to him and said, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus um, Jesus told him, well, the commandments. And he said, well, I've done all that from my youth up. But Jesus knew that man's heart. And he said to him, if you really want to be perfect, if you want to serve me truly, he said, go sell all that you have and give to the poor. And that poor rich man went away sad because... Jesus spoke right to his heart. Jesus knew what he needed. Maybe that's not the uh, solution for everyone, but for him, Jesus could see right into his heart. And I, I think in Hebrews 12, Paul tells us to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. You know, what does that mean? Well, I think it means that we need to do whatever it takes. For, for each one of us, that's going to look a little bit different. Uh, but we need to do whatever it takes to, to follow Jesus. I think he's saying that there's no, there's no cost too high to pay for eternal life. So Jesus knows our heart. He knows our heart as intimately as what he knew, knew the heart of this young man that came to him. So I believe Jesus has good reason for giving us this caution here of, uh, of, of money and earthly things, that they don't take Take over our heart. 
and our, our affections. He knew, I mean, God created us, and he knows us intimately, more than what we would like him to sometimes. And so he had good reason for giving us this caution against hoarding things, against making temporal things the best things and putting our trust and happiness in them. There's a song that I don't even know what song it is. I'm not a chorister or even a singer. Uh, but there's a song that we used to sing or sing sometimes that the last phrase, I think, of that song says something like this that earth's bliss may be our guide and not our chain. Does anybody know what, that, what song that is? That earth's bliss may be our guide and not our chain. Um, that, that's what we're talking about this morning. If we put God at the center of our affections, at the center of our life, then, you know, we can enjoy these things, but they won't, guide, they won't chain us. It's not what we live for. We live for God. So I have a, a, a simple outline here for you this morning. What are our treasures? Or what are treasures? number one. Then number two, why does it matter where our treasure is? Number three, what are heavenly treasures? And then finally, what is our heart and how does that relate to our treasure? So, what are treasures? Someone has said it like this, the concentration and the preoccupation of our lives is our treasure. Where do you spend your time and your energy? What do you love? What gives you joy and delight? That's, that's a pretty good indication of what our treasures are. What is your, is your mindset earthly or is it heavenly? And I think, um, I think whether your mindset is earthly or heavenly will actually determine the true value of your treasure. 1 Peter 1.4 talks about an inheritance incorruptible. I don't think I'm going to turn to that. But that's what we find in heavenly treasure. It's an inheritance incorruptible. It's not going to grow old. It's not going to fall out through the holes like, uh, like our earthly treasures will. So, do you value the, the spiritual aspect of life, or do you, do you more or less value the carnal? You know, most of what we, most of what we deal with on the earthly level is, is physical, it's tangible things. But 
I, I think the most important things are, are largely intangible, things that we can't see or feel or touch. Um, I'm not sure about our children, you moms and dads. Um, that would be one thing that we that we that you value that we value that is going to uh, is going to be that heavenly treasure. You value them so that in that in one sense they are tangible. Um, but yes, do you do you love your ch children, your family? more than you love your work or your hobby? You know, the, these are real questions we have to wrestle with sometimes. Some of you probably say, well, I'm so busy with my family, I don't have time for hobbies. And, and, and that's okay, maybe that's necessary for a period of time. But uh, that's, that's important. Okay, why does it matter? Why do our treasures really matter? Well, I think the natural bent of our human nature is earthly. And it matters because if your treasures are of earth, they're subject to corruption and decay like we just talked about. Where it talks about, Jesus talks about thieves breaking through and stealing. That speaks of violence there. And, you know, I really believe that much, if not all, of our world's violence has to do with what men treasure. It has to do with what we feel is important. And, 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 Nothing that is, is tangible or physical is so safe that it can't be taken away from us. So that's why the, the, uh, the most important things are not tangible or not physical and they can't be taken away. What we have inside, in our, in our mind, in our heart, those things cannot be taken away from us. So, I think it matters because if I become careless in my walk, in my love of, of Christ, my salvation is at stake. It matters because our salvation is at stake. Worldly riches have, somehow it seems that they have in them a principle of corruption and decay. So I believe that's why Jesus here is making it a point to say that, that it's foolishness for a man to take the things of earth and make him his treasure. Things, 
things of earth, things uh, are not necessarily wrong. We can own and use things to God's glory and blessing. But when we begin to put our trust and our affection in them, and we, that's what we live for, that's when they become a snare to us. Things themselves are not wrong. Okay, what are heavenly treasures? I should have maybe had this uh, first of all. I think heavenly treasures, um, as I mentioned, are things you can't really get a hold of. It's, it's things that we do out of love for God. Um, those are heavenly treasures. Raising children. Those of you that do foster care, whatever. Um, heavenly treasure. All these things are, are if, whatever we do, even your work, I think, can be heavenly treasure. If it's done out of love for God and love for others. These, uh, even our work and our hobbies can be, can be heavenly treasure if we have God at the center of, of, of our life and our heart, if, if our motive is doing it for, out of love for God and not serving myself. I think even young children can begin laying up heavenly treasure by Faithfulness around the house by, by cheerfulness, by doing what they're asked to do, by little acts of kindness and thoughtfulness uh, at home every day. These are, these are things that even young children can do uh, to, to begin building uh, heavenly treasure. But again, if we, do, if we do any of that stuff for any other reason than love for God, it, it's not going to have the reward. It's not going to be heavenly treasure. So often, you know, we have ulterior motives for what we do. And none of us are exempt from that. Even our worship this morning can be done out of pretense and hypocrisy. And that's not heavenly treasure. Jesus, uh, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and the scribes for fasting to be seen of men, for standing in the street corners and and praying, you know, he rebuked them for that because he knew they were doing it out of pride uh, rather than out of true worship. Okay, lastly, what, what is our heart and how does it relate to treasure? I think sometimes it's a little hard to differentiate between 
the difference between heart and treasure. But I think our heart is the investment of our life. It's, it's what drives us. It's what, what are our motives and our attitudes and our, our thought patterns. This, this comes out of our heart. It's what determines our, our love. And our heart, I believe we have this in scripture here that our heart will actually follow our treasure. He says, where your treasure is, your heart is going to be there also. So it seems like our heart, he's saying, will follow our treasure. And I believe we can say that our souls follow our heart. Our souls are somehow, I think sometimes these things are so interconnected, it's hard to separate them. But... Um, it's, it, it's, it's all related to our, to our treasure, to our heart. Um, so I think where I'm going with this is, is pretty much, could I sum it up and say that our treasure actually will determine our destiny. I think we could say it that way. That our treasure will determine where we end up, what, uh, what our future is going to be. Jesus said in, in uh, Matthew 6, if I would have just read a little farther there, he said, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I think by these things he means these earthly things. These earthly things aren't wrong in themselves. But if we seek God first, we put him at the center, then we can rightly use and own and enjoy these things for our good and for his glory. So it's almost like if you don't have God, you don't have anything. But if you have God, you have everything. That's, that's what I take out of this teaching. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If that's really where our treasure is, if this is really our love, um, then we can, we can honor God with, with the... Uh, the other things as well. In closing, I'm going to tell you a story. It's okay to tell a dream, right, Alvin? <laughs> tell you a little story about a man, a man and his wife <clears throat> that my wife and I once knew. This is a true story. They're both dead and gone now. But uh, in the early years of our marriage, we, uh, we knew them quite well. They were about 30 years older than we are. But uh, 
he owned he owned a beautiful farm right in the heart of Lebanon County. I mean, everything was just prestige. It was even the I think the grass was all in place. Beautiful farm, DHIA herd, uh, registered cattle. He just had a lovely farm. And um, he um, one night had a dream. This man had a dream one night that, uh, that the Lord came back. And he was, they were going to heaven. He was on his way up. He was flying through the, uh, through the sky. And on his way up, he got about the, the top of a silo. And he couldn't go. Something seemed like it held him back. And uh, he was trying to figure out what's wrong. And he looked down. And here there was a chain from his farm to his ankle holding him down. He couldn't rise above that. And this dear man, he took that seriously. Um, I don't know how soon it happened. It took some time, I'm sure, but he actually sold his farm. He bought a lesser farm somewhere nearby, and he bought cattle that weren't registered and didn't have all the pedigree and so forth. And that's what he, that's, that's how he farmed. He felt like that dream, he felt like God was and I respect him for that. I, you know, I feel like the Lord gave him that dream for a reason, and uh, he wants to take it literal. Why that? That's up to him. But he took that to mean that God was asking him to sell his farm in order to uh, to have treasure in heaven. And and so, you know, I feel like we need to. Uh, we need to sit up and take notice to what the, to what the Bible teaches on this kind of thing because it is it is something that that we all grapple with sometimes. We all we all have to to determine where where's the line for me where I'm going building up earthly treasure versus heavenly treasure. So God bless you all. I'm glad to be here this morning. I'd like to have a prayer before I close. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word this morning. Thank you for Jesus that was, uh, came to the earth to live a life of example for us and to die and teach us uh, what it means to, to truly live for you. Thank you for these people. Thank you for this church, Lord, and I pray a blessing as they serve you here. Pray a blessing on the lives of each one. We just pray, God, you would help us to, uh, to truly live for you and to make what we do and what we say uh, 
into heavenly treasure. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.